I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon, and welcome to 2021. Boom. It's going to be a big year of performance. We link arms together. We go forth into our journey of performance. And today, we discuss something suitable, habit formation. I want you to get your mindset right to create staying power in your sport and life performance. And so we're going to discuss some of the essential steps of how to get going, as well as two of the, well, the big hitters, the focal points for so many people around habit change and formation over the course of these months. And so stick with me. It's going to be a big one. It's going to set you off in 2021 in the right way. But before we do so, before we dive into those magical meat and potatoes that you're all salivating over, we have to do a couple of things. And that starts with a squatty update. Yes, a squatty update. It's early part of January. We're setting up for a big 2021. And of course, the Purple Patch athletes are on their quest. They're emerging from a chaotic year of disruption that we all have shared. And we are going to embrace these coming months of training a little differently than typical years. Because let's face it, last year was a little bit of a dumpster fire. And so it requires a little evolution. And I wanted to share some of that with you today. Now, we still maintain many of the common philosophical approaches of training that is ever present at Purple Patch, but I think there are two main lightning rods of focus that the vast majority of our athletes are going to really emphasize over the coming months. The first, which is always there, but I want to bring it up, is a heavy emphasis on winter strength and conditioning. Like never before, we're catapulting that to the front of the program. Now, all of our strength and conditioning delivered by video, I should add, and we are really emphasizing this concept of tissue resilience, really looking to set up with great movement patterns. And for you guys that listened a couple of weeks before the holidays, we went through with Coach Mike and talked about the emphasis or the components of a great strength and conditioning program. Well, it all starts right now. And so that's going to be a heavy emphasis for our athletes over the winter. The second is going to be a real run project. And what we're looking to deliver here is a slow simmer and patient development of cardiovascular and tissue resilience, as well, of course, muscular and cardiovascular conditioning. Now, the way that we're going about this is specifically designing high-frequency short running sessions that are going to gradually set the athletes up to really accelerate their run training as we head towards springtime. So when we add these two elements to the always present components of strength endurance riding, that's low cadence, high torque riding, and some other purple patch specials, well, we believe that we're going to be on to a pretty big year of performance in 2021. And look, this is the time. 2020 is behind us. We move forward. And from me to you, I would love you to join us. And so here's what we're going to do. 
if you join us in the early part of 2021, we heard from a lot of you folks over the holidays, big regrets of missing out on that performance reset event that we held in mid-November. Well, if you join Purple Patch over the coming month, what we've done is put together a specially packaged highlight of the best conversations that we feel of that event. And they're all anchored around the four pillars of Purple Patch performance, endurance, nutrition, strength, and recovery. Some great discussions to inspire, help you with your path to performance. And on top of it, we are then going to host a very special newcomers roundtable event that are consisting of an intimate Q&A with all of the members of our coaching team. So this will be a chance for you to ask any questions that you wish so that you don't just launch into an attack into 2021, but instead attack with purpose. And of course, in support of the Purple Patch Methods community and the coaching team, who I promise you all have your back. And so if this is the time that you say, goodness me, I want to draw a line under all of this nonsense of 2020 and get going on my journey of performance, find out more. Either email us at info at purplepatchfitness.com or, of course, head to the website purplepatchfitness.com and we will be glad to help you. Now, with that little squatty update so that you understand the lens of what our Purple Patch athletes are doing, I think that we should give you some advice globally. And we're going to do that through this little thing that you might remember called Word of the Week. Yes, Bazza, Barry, you're here. It's a new year and, well, new year, new you and all that stuff, yeah, mate? It's all good stuff, but some things are just too good to change. And so for the first time in 2021, I get to say this to you. Let's do word of the week. It it, my son. Go and it it. We like the way he thinks, serious with a wink. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the day. Yes, the first word of the week of 2021, folks. And this week, the word is hit list. Yes, a quick hit list of some tips to remind you of the components of success as you commence your training and performance journey this year. So these are the things, whether you are self-coached, whether you're a purple patch athlete, whether you have another coach, these are the umbrella components, the quick hit list, word of the week, to help you chart success. Here we go. Number one, control what you can control. The reason I start with this is that the coming few months are likely going to maintain that challenge of COVID-19. You likely won't have perfect access to facilities. You're going to need to take precautions. There will certainly be obstacles and dark times ahead. And so stay calm. We are going to come out of this, but you're going to have to control the controllable. Do what you can do within the context of this world. We've still got really the most of this year of a transition out of this thing. It's a two-year journey. But this isn't going to be a replica of 2020. It's going to be much better. There's much more opportunity. And guess what? Humans are highly adaptable. You are too. And so control 
what you can control. Number two, as you get going on the journey this year, give yourself room to grow. What do I mean by that? Well, if you typically have, in a week of training opportunity, 10 hours to apply to your training, start with seven or eight hours. And if you have 14 hours, do nine to 12 hours. It is not the time right now to press against the limits of your capacity of time. In fact, we want to leave space so that we can add load when the weather improves and we get a chance to actually increase our training load because there's this magic word beyond consistency that is so important, which is progression. And so leave yourself room to grow. What's that word? Oh, yes, patience. Begin with patience. Number three, I want you to seek mini victories. Every day, one day better. Yes, every day, simply seek to execute sessions better than the day prior. This doesn't mean faster or more power or stronger. It means to focus on good form and proper execution relative to the demands of your training. And if that is a recovery spin, it means avoiding high effort and pace chasing. And so just look to do things a little better every day. Tiny, minuscule victories that when you layer them up over the course of many, many months, boom, performance jumps occur by whacking you in the back of the head, not just coming up over the top of the horizon. And finally, my final tip on the hit list, remember the lessons of 2020. It was a year of challenge and adversity, but we drew a lot of approaches from last year that can facilitate success as we move forward. Here's a sample of some components that I draw from. Number one, embrace the soul-filling or easier aspects of training. The escape is important, and it's still a part of the fabric of your training moving forward. Number two, consistency is absolutely king. We had a highly successful consistency challenge in December, and it was just something daily, even if small, to keep things moving, to provide space for yourself, to flush the blood around the body, Something daily consistency is king. And finally, under this banner of lessons, we had a lot of athletes that really evolved over this pass-fail mindset of training to reposition the why of how you do it and realizing that the training journey is the thing that actually provides so many of the lessons and so many of the knock-on effects to broader life performance. And so, Keep it in 2021. Keep the long-term lens. And remember, overall, guys, that commitment, commitment isn't the same as obsession. A commitment isn't the same as obsession. And so the four components of the hit list, control what you can control, leave yourself capacity to grow, Seek mini victories as you get the year going and remember and draw from the lessons of 2020. As we do this, it is the word of the week, hit list. 
And now it is time for the main course. Yes, it's the meat and potatoes. Yes, folks, the meat and potatoes this week, we are talking about creating and cementing performance habits, staying power. That's my phrase of the discussion today, staying power. You see, we're not talking about giving up something for January like a New Year's resolution often asks. We're not talking about establishing big, hairy goals. What we're doing is we're breaking down the implementation of habits that carry high value in themselves, but will hopefully be in the cog of the wheel of broader performance across sport and life. And so without further ado, I just want to dive right in here. And I think the first thing we want to do when we're talking about habit formation is differentiating between resolutions and habits. So let's remember my phrase of this discussion, staying power. Well, a habit is something that stays with you, becomes a part of you for the long term. Whew, that sounds really different than the vast majority of resolutions, because resolutions basically reek of kind of short term as well as pass fail. It's almost like they're a binary change like a switch on a set date. And I promise you that that is seldom a recipe for a successful approach. Resolutions tend to be self-imposed interventions. And I cannot help but often associate interventions with sitting around a table with family circling this poor drug addict as they are pushed into some dark van and taken off to in some enforced drug rehab. Okay, important for that person and that addict, but not the approach for you for performance. So instead of thinking about this in terms of resolutions, instead, Habit formation should include an incremental transition to embed something beneficial into daily life. So the goal of habit formation, and, and, and this is important as we talk about this, the goal is to create something that has impact in itself, but can also have a broader effect on performance because typically it triggers other positive changes. And so habit formation itself cannot be immediate, and it requires a mindset to match that. It must be actionable. It must be simple, all so that you can carve out this magic word that I consistently talk about, which is consistency. And so I should remind you that successful adoption of a performance habit can have that cascading effect whether it's sport, health, energy, whatever it might be. And I think that component is going to become really, really clear when we dig into the juicy parts of today's meat and potatoes. Okay, so, so with that framing, let's get into action here. And let me say this, pragma, not dogma. Because if the goal is staying power, there's that phrase again, 
Don't approach habit formation like that pass-fail test. Remember what we talked about with resolutions. And you also can't get a case of the EBTBs. Oh, Matt, what's EBTBs? Well, some of you will know, but certainly my European compatriots won't. Eyes bigger than belly. You can't consume too much like it's a big buffet and you want to get your money's worth. Yes, don't do it all at once. There's plenty of research around key habits that end up, just by that singular change, having a cascading effect that we actually seek more broadly. And so that first central habit that you can change knocks onto other incremental habits. And then slowly over time, you realize, goodness me, I'm actually in this component of performance really evolved and improving. And so don't do it all at once. Instead, you can and should audit areas that are opportunity for improvement, areas that you struggle, areas that you find as challenges. And you should also spend some time thinking, what are the ones of these components of improvement potential that are going to provide the greatest yield of performance where it counts? Now, when you're going through this audit, if you want to think about it in those terms, ensure that you cast your lens on where you want to be in six or more months' time. Not in a month, not in two months, but where do you want to be as you're sitting at this time next year or perhaps at the end of this year and looking back? Because that's where you're looking for the impact. Now, as you go through all of these opportunities and you think about these components, you then have to filter out and decide on probably no more than one or two habits. And you frame out what success in these habits will look like. Now, I won't dig into all of these currently. We're going to go into a couple of big hitters in a couple of moments. But realize that under these one or two habits that you're going to successfully or aim to successfully evolve and form, they must be really attainable and controllable. So you've got to make it, ensure that they're accessible, not too grandiose. And you've got to think about a visual roadmap of what it looks like as you form these habits. And so to begin, it's really, really small steps tiny steps, the first step of a marathon almost. And you almost think about what is the smallest incremental aspect of the habit that I am able to integrate really quite seamlessly into my life. Now, if this all feels a little esoteric, a, a little confusing, let me paint a picture of what I'm talking about here that's an example of a really positive habit change in broader life. And so to do this, let's think about something that isn't to do with your body. Let's not talk about athletics, but imagine that in the workplace, you tend to be someone that's really scattered and unorganized. Maybe you're not very good at managing the folders and files on your computer, that you consistently lose documents, that you're often late or unprepared for meetings. Okay, we all know many, many people like that. In fact, I've got elements in that in me. So making a charge for a habit to just become really organized is incredibly grandiose. And it's really, really hard to put into action. 
I need to become a different person and highly organized. It's just not attainable. So instead, let's filter it down and let's think about something that can incrementally help you on the path. And so let's use something that is well-trodden in Purple Patch Folklore, the Sunday special. And if you haven't listened before, that's a 20 to 30 minute session that you do every Sunday in which you pause and you review your prior week against the planning that you did and then look forward, most importantly, and plan your week ahead, your schedule, your meetings, where you're going to place your focus, what projects that you're going to get done, etc. Now, you're going to do this weekly. So the only commitment that we're asking for is 20 to 30 minutes. That is the habit. It's weekly. It's habitual. And guess what? What will happen is it will immediately provide a positive impact on your organization. But on top of that, it has potential to have broader impacts on your organization globally. And so the mission or the goal here was to really appreciate in its simplicity and be able to do it, but also have an impact on your week so that what ends up happening is that you arrive to Monday carrying what I call execution mode. You won't be reacting, you'll be prepared. Now, today, we're not talking about organization at the workplace, although there are many lessons in there for athletes. We're talking about performance habits. That's our quest. And so what we want to do to really dive in is talk about some tangible aspects of habit creation that are really in the middle of the performance bell curve. What do most athletes really look to implement and change? And so I've chosen two big hitters. And you want to think about, mm, what are some of the big hitters? What could he be starting to go into here? There are several. And of course, they might not apply directly to you. But here are a couple of the big hitters that most of our athletes really need support, help, guidance, and habit formation around. Number one is strength, and number two is nutrition. And so today, I want to dig into both. We're going to start with strength first. Now, as we start this, I should just do a little tangent and should remind you, because over the last few weeks, we've actually had a ton of requests around access to our strength program. All Purple Patch program has fully integrated strength. It's all video enabled. It's very nice. And it's continuing to get really, really advanced. And I think very special. And a lot of you listeners have said, how do I get my hands on that? And so we've listened. And we're in the process right now of packaging up that strength to make it accessible to people that are not coached by Purple Patch, but maybe are self-coached or don't need or want a coach right now, or maybe even coached by someone else. And so if you're interested in our strength program, it's not quite ready yet. It's going to be ready in a week or two, but feel free to head to info at purplepatchfitness.com. No strings attached, no commitment needed. There is going to be a fee associated for it. 
But uh, if you would like to register to have interest to have access to our strength program that goes throughout the calendar year, and then feel free, we'll send you the information when it's ready. And the reason that I add that in as we're talking about strength right now is so many of you guys have reached out and asked. So we said, look, we can package it up. We can make it a really modular component that can just plug into your everyday endurance component. But I realize I launched with that. That's not the focus of today's show. So email us at info at purplepatchfitness.com. So with that little offering behind us, let's acquaint ourselves with the strength approach. And I think a great introduction here, rather than me going through the tailoring of what a proper strength program is about, if you didn't listen to the episode with Coach Michael Zinsky, and then I'll add that to the episode in the show notes, I really encourage you to go back and understand what a great strength program looks like for an endurance athlete. But either way, right now, you might be considering, okay, I need to, I realize I need to truly commit to strength as a component of my endurance and sporting life. And so what I want to do is consider the broad impact of successfully doing that. If you are successful in habitually making strength a part of your performance life, you are going to have a host of knock-on effects, a host of benefits that if the program is smart and progressive, are going to provide that impact. And so here's my quick list, guys. Number one, it's going to improve the effectiveness of your endurance training. Bada bing, that's really good. It's going to amplify your endurance training. Great. Number two, it's going to assist in your technical development and skill acquisition. Bingo, two thumbs up so far. Number three, it's going to promote a delay of fatigue in all endurance activities and life. Whew. Three thumbs up. Good stuff. Number four, it will improve your posture and resistance to back and shoulder pains. Hello. You got Zoom fatigue? Great. Proper strength and conditioning will help counteract that type of stress. Four thumbs up. Goodness me, I'm running out of thumbs. I've only got five thumbs. Number five, it increases your metabolism and therefore an improved pathway to improve body composition. Super duper. Fifth thumb, final thumb goes up. But wait, there's more. It delays the onset of several factors associated with aging. Whew. Okay, big toe up. Number seven, it increases your functional capacity as a human being. Yes, you are a greater functioning human being. That's my other big toe up. And finally, it is a great reducer in stress and builds the toolbox of resilience to stress management. Boom. There it is. Eight components. So it sounds to me that in six months' time, by you fully integrating strength as a part of your performance journey, it's almost like you found this big nugget when you're panning for gold. But when we get into the how, many of you might have struggled to commence or stick with a proper strength program. And the likelihood is that you probably approached it more like a resolution than a habit. So perhaps you grabbed a membership to a strength class or a local gym. And that's not a great immediate approach because it consumes a lot of time. It's almost like using a sledgehammer for a nail. 
we don't need to include multiple 60 minute plus sessions a week for this to be effective. And equally, a lot of people just drop the gym membership and all of its allure when in six months or just a few months from now, your endurance training starts to ramp up, the weather increases, and how can you achieve consistency under this environment? So instead, if you want to adopt a strength habit, it's mini victories. Remember the word of the week? And so you want to instead shift gears to ensure that your strength becomes a habit. Simplify the goal to make it more attainable. Because the truth is that strength training doesn't require multiple 60-minute sessions over the course of the week. Instead, we're looking for a couple of 20 to 30-minute sessions. Now, you should also adjust your focus and mindset. I don't want you to think about strength as an obsession of how much you can bench press, more, 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 or validating its effectiveness by how sore you are or how tough it is. Instead, just begin by layering in strength every week. You need to integrate it into your overall training time and cast that lens out to six months time. And the process is much more simple than you think and it should actually make you feel good. It should make you feel good. And so you should go through like this. First, if you are not consistent with your training, don't jump to load, jump to movement patterns, mostly anchored in neurological conditioning. In other words, coordination, balance, and a very light load. These sessions don't need to be hard. They don't need to be grueling. They don't need to be soreness inducing. Instead, they are built brick by brick on mini successes. Yes, back to those mini victories again. And the sessions can be short. You then build strength with standalone movement patterns requiring minimal equipment and develop the complexity over a couple of months, not over a couple of sessions. Now, if you do this and then equally begin to support your endurance training with really, really short 5, 10, 15-minute sessions of self-care focused on tissue health, joint mobility, and recovery, suddenly, boom, you've got the catalyst of a strength and conditioning program. And it should be, pardon the pun, but digestible. A couple of 20, 25, 30-minute sessions weekly that are integrated into your endurance focus, supported with two, three, four sessions that are five, 10 minutes in duration that have anchored on self-care, that mobility and core focus. And in essence, this is honestly how we build the Purple Patch program. And of course, by hearing this, you're like, goodness me, that doesn't sound that hard. And that's because it's not that hard. It's because we start really controlled, but it also endorses why the importance that we place on early season training or what we tend to call postseason. 
It's why you'll hear any quality coach talk about consistency and the absolute critical value of not being random for many months of the year. Because early in the year is when you have the mental capacity and space, as well as practical time, to really patiently build. You don't have this looming race coming up, 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 up. And so you can begin whenever, but typically the start of the training cycle is always the one that provides the pathway to greatest chance of success. And so I want you to staple that mindset, really simple, really accessible. And then as you go through the year and it is a habit, then you can start to turn on the boosters. You add load, you actually do heavier strength, you add complexity. But you can do that over the course of not just the year, but ultimately come up a level. Do it over the years. And that is the big component. Staple it to the heart. Logic, not emotion. Pragmatism, not dogma. Okay, so let's paint the picture of the other biggie that people really have challenged around, nutrition. So this is probably the biggest subject that people anchor their New Year's resolutions around, New Year, New You. And they tend to make big changes in how they eat. And it's typically with the goal of weight loss. Well, if you're hoping to kickstart performance with a new diet or caloric restriction, you are likely not going to be successful in the long term. And just as with our discussion around strength training, instead, what I want you to do with nutrition is break it down to more manageable and more specific habits. A few examples for you. And these are going to sound really, really basic. Number one, eat more vegetables, more leafy greens. Period. Number two, eat more whole grains. In other words, higher quality carbohydrates. Or perhaps, my favorite, of course, improve your post-workout fueling and hydration. Now, you don't need to attempt all of these things, just examples at once. Instead, I really encourage you to pick off one small goal at a time and execute it, nail it consistently, eight to 12 weeks, that's a long time. And then, and only then, layer a new goal on top of it. Achievable goals done consistently over the time are going to form new habits. Now, in hearing me here, you really start to truly appreciate why we consistently refer to the performance journey as just that, a journey, because it has to be. But also realize this, by you implementing one of these aspects, and let's just pick one, eating more whole grains, in itself, it isn't honestly a seismic performance catalyst, but it's a positive habit. And in, by integrating that positive habit, it's going to amplify value and awareness. And as you build this habit, what will happen almost automatically is that you're going to begin to add other positive additions to that eating. And over the long term, it's going to have a knock-on effect where all of these cascading 
habits start to build to the bigger gains that you ultimately want. And it's a healthier, more sustainable way of doing it. And yes, the effect is more energy, bigger resilience, better performance in your endurance, and yes, for some people, improved body composition. So why do things go so awry for folks when we think about nutrition? And the truth is that people try to change too much, too soon, all at once. And the inevitable outcome is that they crack. They're unable to stick with it when work or life pressure really starts to ramp up. Secondly, a lot of folks tend to end up being more focused on deprivation. So calorie cutting, food shaming, body shaming, instead of really taking care of their bodies and looking to make a positive change. And finally, there is a strain of a performance mindset towards obsession that can have some really serious consequences. And that obsession is less around caloric cutting, but really about the athletic image, where a commitment, and this is really, really unfortunately common over the last year that we've had of this over-obsession into fitness and eating habits, where the athlete or the person is restricting themselves into a tiny box. So where this starts to manifest itself actually has a name. It's called orthorexia, and it's an eating disorder that involves an unhealthy obsession with healthy eating. This is unlike other eating disorders because it's more around food quality rather than quantity. And so these folks are less focused on losing weight as they are this obsessive quality. Now, this obviously carries a huge emotional component of the side of eating, and it's a critically important subject, but it's a show in its own merit. And so I'm going to hold discussion on that until another show that we will talk about this, but just realize that that component is also an impact of so many people having a failure. And so as we think about this as a successful habit formation, we want you to build incrementally and patiently, incrementally and patiently. Now, let's come back. Resolutions rely on willpower, and this is why they fail, because we only have so much will. Habits rely on manageable, consistent changes over time. So just as within strength training, we want nutrition goals that have, what's my phrase of the day, staying power. So if you can't see yourself approaching your daily diet this way for the next six months or more, don't even bother going down that road. And so let me leave this subject with one small tip around nutrition. And I say this without wanting you to go down the obsessive route. But do a simple thing. Write down what you eat. You won't believe how effective this is. Write it all down. The handful of nuts, the piece of candy, all of its gloriousness. And at the end of the day, what it adds up to is a bit of accountability. And if and when you slip up, let it be water under the bridge. Or perhaps a little bit of motivation to be better tomorrow. 
This is not about pass-fail. In fact, you have my permission to fail because it's inevitable. We won't get it right every day. We're not looking to get it right every day. I have a wonderful saying, everything in moderation, including excess. But over time, what will happen is you'll become more consistent. You'll begin to feel better. You're going to have more energy in the day. And at which point it's going to be even easier for you to start to make better decisions on a daily basis. And so keeping track of what you eat isn't going to be necessary for the rest of your life. Once you form the habit, you can let that go. But you're going to have an understanding and appreciation of whether you're nailing it or not. Now, I realize that this nutrition part of the journey is really challenging. You're navigating through the blizzard of nonsense out there, getting drawn by every next great fad and a whole bunch of fake experts, etc. And it's one that carries a lot of emotional baggage. But it's also one that needs success. And so we're not asking you to be a monk here. We're looking for you to build habits. If you need support helping, it's the reason that we have a couple of great resident partnerships with us at Purple Patch. And if you need to have a consultation, this is probably a good time. Kyla Chanel, Scott Tyndall, both excellent nutritionists with a broad aspect of expertise. And if you do need help, I couldn't think of anyone better to go and encourage you to have a chat to. So both of their bios and contact information can be found at purplepatchfitness.com. Just head to the nutrition page and check out who you might think might be suitable to help you. Fuel, a lot to digest, pardon the pun. But in final conclusion for today's show, I want to give you a couple of strategies to help for your success in broad habit creation. Now, this is through the global lens, but I think it will help. Number one, I'd really encourage you to share the journey. That really helps with accountability. And so I encourage you to get someone else to join you on that commitment that you're going to make and the incredible power that comes from actually giving the gift of bringing someone along for the journey. So it's not about helping you be held to account. It's holding each other to account. And a shared journey is incredibly important. Number two, I remind you to focus on the process of a process for the Americans, not the outcome. With strength training, this means quality of movement over the amount of load. With nutrition, it usually means some planning and prep and sharpening the axe so that you're less likely to be caught out. And finally, I encourage you, use smart metrics and tracking. A whole host of subjective reporting on the completion of the session or how much time you did or the emphasis that you did, as well as some objective tracking and recording so that you have a really clear picture and honest account of your journey along the path. And so that's it. That's your roadmap. Now, they say it takes 21 to 28 days to form a habit, but I promise you, in my experience, it's months months of dedicated consistency. And so this means that you should approach the first eight to 12 weeks as something that is highly achievable and controllable. And don't seek to progress your big goal or make further changes until you really have it cemented. And so go on the journey, take your time. 
Over the coming weeks, we're going to dive into a lot of these subjects. But for today, I hope that you can staple it to your heart. Habit formation. We're looking for staying power. And if you feel like it's just a small change, that it's almost imperceptible, it's okay. It only needs to be a small step, but it needs to be one that you are empowered to take because that small step is going to create a big echo across your broader performance spectrum. I wish you luck, guys. I remind you that we are here to help as needed. If you want to have more information about our upcoming strength program that you can plug into your endurance journey on your own, feel free to reach out. We're sending the information when it's live. Feel free to join us on the journey with Purple Patch Coaching, our squad. You know where the website is. And of course, Scott and Kyla are salivating in readiness to help your nutrition journey. Next week, it is a massive one. We have a very special guest, one that I'm incredibly excited for. It is Alex Hutchinson, the author of Endure. It is going to be special. We are talking about 2021 performance and we're going to do a round of speed dating. You're going to have to stay tuned to see what that's all about. Until then, I wish you the best of luck. We're here as needed and 2021. Let's hit it, guys. Take care. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Cheers!